pretty eventful morning in Washington, I'd say, today. Ah. All he had to do was walk in the doors. Just walk right through those doors, head right to that committee room, and none of this would have, none of it would have ended up like this. And instead, now we've got potential contempt proceedings and no real answers. And and now, which will be voted on in the next three to four hours, an inquiry into an impeachment against Joe Biden. All because Hunter Biden got to Capitol Hill this morning for his closed-door testimony to the House Oversight Committee. And instead of going in, he chose not to comply with his subpoena to be deposed, but instead hold a press conference outside. Now, he maintained that his father, President Joe Biden, quote, was not financially involved in his business and says that there is, quote, no evidence because it did not happen. Now, Hunter Biden did offer to testify publicly in front of the committee, which I say bravo. Let's do it. Put the cameras in there and and let's see what this is all about. He had a prepared statement. He blasted MAGA Republicans who have, quote, invaded his privacy, attacked his family, and ridiculed my struggle with addiction. Quote, they belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass my father, who has devoted his entire life to public service. For six years, I have been the target of unrelenting Trump attack team. Where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Except you're not because you're outside. You weren't in the place you were supposed to be. And I'm sorry. Invade your privacy. You're the one who left your your laptop at a at a repair clinic. You did that. Also, embarrass you, belittle you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Au contraire, mon frere, nobody's trying to embarrass you because you did that yourself. You're the one who had a drug problem. You're the one who decided to, I don't know, instead of pay your taxes, spend it on sex workers. I don't I don't know that that's anybody else doing that except for you. So now, meanwhile, you have House lawmakers debating a resolution to bring an impeachment inquiry to the floor for for a vote today. It's expected around 545. House Speaker Mike Johnson said he expects the impeachment inquiry to pass. But he didn't say if every member of the Republican conference would support it, which we talked to. Tim Wahlberg about that. There are some Republicans in sensitive districts, particularly where Joe Biden won in 2020, and they have to play a very difficult game. And I can't imagine at this point, Mike Johnson won't have these votes. Said, I think it's going to pass. He also said it is called for and appropriate. And by the way, this is an inquiry. This is an actual impeachment. So there is more fact-finding to be done according to the James Comers and the Jim Jordans of the world. So we'll continue to watch it. Meanwhile, Jim Comer, or James Comer, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, excuse me, the House Oversight, Jim Jordan, who chairs Judiciary, 
said that they're going to start contempt proceedings against Hunter Biden for not coming. Comer said Hunter Biden today defied lawful subpoenas, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. So we'll, we'll continue to watch that. In the meantime, and we will talk about that more coming up at 218 with Barb McRae. We'll get to your calls, your thoughts on it. I have, I have audio from Joe Biden and the changing of the story, the, change, the, the moving of the goalpost, if you will. And I'll give you those coming up at 235. But no, 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 no. This isn't Republicans trying to embarrass you. You did that yourself. It is the Christmas season, thankfully. Something to to keep us preoccupied and excited with our families. And the unknown giver is at it again. According to the Salvation Army of Metro Detroit, two South African Krugerrand coins were found at two different Kroger locations during the 2023 Red Kettle Christmas campaign. According to Monex, the Krugerrand has an estimated value of just over two grand. It is a gold coin, and the two donations are going to aid in the Salvation Army's efforts to raise nearly $8 million for this campaign. And I believe it is the 11th consecutive year a Krugerrand has been found in a red kettle. I can't imagine there are just dozens of people walking around Metro Detroit with Krugerrands. So I, I, my guess is it's one person or one family or one group of people because they're, they're pretty rare. Um, I do want to bring Marie Osborne into this, WJR Senior News Analyst. Uh, we were talking this morning, and we both noticed the same thing. And I know you're not a huge sports fan, but there was – uh, an important football game, especially if you're a Lions fan, on Monday mm-hmm. night, yeah. the New York Giants took on the Green Bay Packers in New York. And the Giants won, which is really great for Detroit because uh, Green Bay lost. It gives them a little bit more of a, a margin of error in the division. But the story of that game was Tommy DeVito, mm-hmm. the quarterback for the uh, Giants. Tommy DeVito is Italian. Okay, the the story, he's an undrafted uh, quarterback, injuries to the quarterback position uh, in New York, and they they pick up Tommy DeVito. But it was the coverage of Tommy DeVito that I found to be most interesting because they almost made it. I mean, they they showed the family giving each other kisses on the cheek. Uh, His agent looked like Rocky Balboa. He had the fedora, a black suit with pinstripes. It was very like stereotypical caricature mm-hmm. of Italians. Did you notice that? Big chains. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, I saw the coverage of it because, of course, the storyline is that isn't this uh, Tommy DeVito like a third string player? Yes. And he gets, hey, yes. you need to go in right now. Everybody yes. else is, okay. And he had this great play. So, of course, that's going to make news. And they showed his parents, they were in the stands with the uh, agent there. And not only that, not only was that kind of weird, that coverage that they kept focusing on the part that these people were sort of Italian, uh, 
you know, the stereotype, the mm-hmm. underlying this, but that he still lives at home with his mother and his favorite food is chicken cutlets yep. so that they now chicken cutlets is the, the new emoji that everyone is sending out. They showed it. They had a graphic of chicken cutlets yeah. in the game. And then the, 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 the hand gesture, the, you know, the fingers, yeah. you put the fingers together and you wave your hand back and forth. It, it's it just I was sitting there and I'm like, hmm. If this were any other group of people, mm-hmm. I don't know that this would have been allowed. Or been okay. Or yeah. I, I don't know the coverage would have been the same. Oh, no. I agree completely. I think that it's still okay to have this kind of... I don't know if it was the Sopranos that made it okay to have this sort of talk. and I don't know. But I just thought it was very caricature-y. Imagery, I thought it was, yeah. It was just... I just thought it was very strange. Yeah. I thought it was very strange. And, uh, you know, I'm for, I have told you before, I'm first generation Italian. My parents, yep. my older brother were all born in Italy. My family's there. I, I never knew anyone ever in my family to do that hand gesture. Yeah. Ever. So uh, it just, it seemed like they looked up, you know, hand, uh, yeah, what being are the most Italian, stiff? being Italian in, in, uh, you know, the, gest- uh, the gestures and wardrobe. Hey, yo, hey, is, yeah. yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. This is what we need to do now. And this is how it, it just, I, I, when I saw it yesterday, in fact, I called my husband into the room to watch it with me. He's not Italian. And, uh, I was just like, you know, this is just borderline offensive yeah. to me. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how I thought. Now, look, I'm going to go home. I sleep just fine at night. All right. Yeah. But I just thought, and I don't like to play the what about game or what if. I don't, it's not my thing. But a little bit, what if? I mean, what if it were anybody else? What any if other it, ethnic group? What if right. it were any other group of, of person? I just thought it was very strange. I thought yep. it was very and, strange. And, and it's funny, you caught me in the hallway and you asked me that. He goes, Did you see? And I'm like, Yeah. It was, you know, it was that noteworthy. We both had the same reaction. And look, you're not the biggest sports fan, so I don't know that you're you're watching different sports every night. But I thought it was. I thought. Oh, but it was, this became a news story. First of all, because, no doubt because he got called in the way that he did. He he had the, you the know actual clutch play. sports story is great. Oh, it is. That's enough. It is great. But then they kind of got this sidebar story going that is just, I think, of. I was I was reading a story about the agent again with the fedora and the the pinstripe black pinstripe suit and, and the he goes, chain. Don't forget and the, the chain. chain and the chain. But he said, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Rocky Balboa. Uh huh. And I thought Rocky's not even a real person. <laughs> and how old? How many years ago was that? What, what, Forty years ago uh, was Rocky out. It's like I like Superman, so I'm gonna dress in blue spandex. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started why the people in Philly have a statue. It, it's just not my thing. But you're not a real person. So you can like the movie, but to emulate him is very strange. He's not real. Yeah. Uh, all right, Marie Osborne, thank you very thank much. Thank you. All right, we got to take a break. We're talking Hunter Biden next on JR Afternoon. So as Hunter Biden has a plethora of legal issues, he today decided to sidestep the subpoena and instead of going in for that closed door testimony to hold a, a little confab outside the Capitol, what does this mean for him? It, could there be legal trouble for Hunter Biden by not going in to that closed door meeting? Barbara McQuaid's a professor uh, with the University of Michigan uh, Law School and former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan and joins us. Uh, Barb, it's good to have you. 
Oh, thanks. Great to be with you. What what kind of ramifications could Hunter Biden potentially see by not going into that testimony today? Well, most directly, I think he could face contempt of Congress. In fact, uh, the committee chair has said that they will initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. You know, what Hunter Biden object to was not testifying, but testifying in a closed door deposition setting instead of a public hearing. But he doesn't get to call the shots. You know, Congress gets to decide what the format will be when they issue subpoenas. And so a person's choice is either to find some legal challenge to the subpoena or to show up. Uh, and then once they get there, if they object, if they have a legal objection, object to the question on a question by question basis. But uh, it, it is not permissible simply to say, I'm not going to come because I don't like the format you've chosen. I, I want to get your your take on that, because they could have. Uh, gone down the legal route and challenged the subpoena because it was behind closed doors. But that never really happened. And instead, at least from the outside uh, looking in, 5,000-foot view, we were expecting Hunter Biden to go in and testify today. So instead of testifying, he stayed outside, didn't go in. Why didn't, do you think, uh, he take the the legal route and and try to find an an answer to the, the question of testifying behind closed doors? I don't know that he really had any legal objection. The the only objection I, I think he might have is to assert his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination, because, of course, he is now the defendant in two criminal cases, one related to allegations of illegal weapons possession and another on tax violations. And so to the extent questions implicated those cases or in any way incriminated him, he would have the ability to object to answering any of those. But typically when you... Uh, receive a subpoena, you're required to show up at the setting where you've been asked, commanded to appear and answer the questions and assert your privileges, whatever they may be on a question by question basis. So I don't think he would have been successful going into a court and asking court to quash this subpoena. I think the court would have said, you know, you must appear, but you can assert your privileges uh, to each question as it arises. You talked about the the possibility of of the contempt of court route that some lawmakers seem to indicate that they're going to go um what what are the ramifications of that well there are a couple of options you know one of the theories about con- congressional subpoenas that has not been tested in you know a couple of hundred years is that congress has its own contempt powers that is that uh, you know the sergeant at arms can go arrest the person and take them into custody but that hasn't been exercised in, as I said, hundreds of years. Yeah. The more likely scenario is a referral to Congress, I'm sorry, to the Department of Justice, with a request that they seek criminal charges for contempt of Congress. And that's up to the Justice Department to decide whether they want to pursue that. Uh, you know, in um, the January 6th investigation, for example, there were a number of people who failed to report as directed by subpoena. And the Justice Department prosecuted some of them, but not all of them. So Steve Bannon did get prosecuted, for example. I think Peter Navarro, a White House aide, also got prosecuted. But others like Mark Meadows and uh, Dan Scavino, Scavino, his deputy chief of staff, did not. And so I think uh, the Justice Department would consider what privileges are relevant in deciding whether to go forward. But that's the more likely path is to refer the case to the Justice Department to seek contempt charges. So so you're saying that the DOJ does have some discretion 
there? It's it's not really necessarily cut and dry. Yes, um, you know, even if there is technically a violation of the law, the Justice Department exercises its discretion in deciding who to charge. And oftentimes in a contempt case, they look at things like those legitimate defenses to see if there's uh, an adequate basis. You know, they're looking for things like what is in the best interest of justice? Uh, is there a need for deterrence here? Is there a need for punishment here? Is there a need to promote respect for the rule of law? And so all of those factors will weigh into any decision as to whether to uh, bring criminal charges. And of course, all of that is set off by a lot of political activity that's going on here, mm. right? I mean, he's being called to testify, no doubt, because he's the son of the president. Uh, he is objecting to testifying, I think, because he's the son of the president. And I think the Justice Department has, has to try to tune out all of that noise and assess the case based on the facts and the law as, as best they can. You know, Hunter Biden's a very high-profile person. Um, he is, is, is uh, you know, well off. He, he has money. He can afford really good legal teams. Take me behind what you think those conversations were, um, because I, I can't imagine Hunter Biden or, or his legal team were unaware of the consequences of not going to testify today. What, what do you think those conversations consisted of? Yeah, I imagine they discussed the pros and cons of appearing or not appearing. Um, I think it's probably likely that he would have asserted his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination in response to at least some of the questions. And so it seems that uh, he was willing to take his risks for criminal prosecution um, because perhaps he saw a greater upside in sharing a public statement that he knew would get a great deal of airplay, Mm -hmm. and it has, explaining why he thinks this is a politically motivated inquiry into his father because of his own dealings. And it gave him a chance to tell his side of the story not under oath, not subject to cross-examination. And so he got his story out there. And now even if at some point he does go in and testify, uh, at least he's had a chance for the public to hear his side of the story. i got about 30 seconds left here, and I don't mean to wade into different territories here, but in, in, the, in the sense of what we could see from lawmakers today and vote on, on an impeachment inquiry, that seems to be more of a fact-finding, investigative uh, step in this process. Um, what kind of legal uh, duty does the White House or or anybody who would be called in um, to to comply with that type of, of action? Well, uh, in the investigation, uh, subpoena power is one where people typically come in and appear. There's always some question as to whether a president is legally bound to come testify before Congress because they are co-equal branches of government. Right. And so Sometimes those things are worked out with written questions or other kinds of things, but it's not unprecedented. Gerald Ford testified before Congress, yeah. and so uh, so that could happen. But I imagine we'll see some you know power struggle uh, over just how this uh, this goes down. And, Certainly, you know, to date to date we haven't seen a whole lot of facts, but I suppose yeah. that's what the fact finding is for. Barb McQuaid, great stuff. Thanks as always. Appreciate your time. Okay, thanks for having me. We'll talk to you next time. More next on JR Afternoon. All right, I want to get your your thoughts on the Hunter Biden situation. And look, I, I again, are you going to be able to get to sleep just fine tonight? Of course. But it's an interesting look because while Republicans are simultaneously banding about this idea of passing uh, an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, these questions around Hunter Biden and potentially Joe Biden's involvement exist. They do exist. 
And I think that part of the strategy for Democrats going into 2024 was Trump has so many legal issues. Trump has been indicted so many times. Look at how bad Donald Trump is. He is facing so many legal arrows from all over the place. I think that that point becomes harder to drive home when you've got these issues with Hunter and Joe Biden. Here's the other part in all of this. Is does Hunter Biden skipping out on this deposition give the GOP some extra juice into passing this impeachment inquiry today? I would say yes. I think that this hurts Joe Biden way more than it helps. Way more than it helps. And I and again, I don't think they can use those same talking points. Here's the other part. Is there has been a um a changing of of the story or a moving of the goalpost. Because at first it was never I would never get involved. Never. Nobody's profited off anything. To now, Hunter Biden saying today, well, my dad never, my dad wasn't involved financially. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back the truck up. You said what? Because all, since 2019, I've been hearing this. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. Well, then we had whistleblower testimony that said the contrary. And then there was this moment from a debate in September of 2020 with Donald Trump. He made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, and various other places. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. All culminating in the comments made today by Hunter Biden on the steps of the Capitol. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad. Uh, What I tell Jake when he tells an untruth, somebody's fibbing. Somebody ain't being truthful here. I don't know who it is, but there has been a moving moving of the goalposts. And somebody's going to get their hand in the cookie jar here. Now, is it the president or his son? Or are these whistleblowers wrong? Because their stories haven't changed. But Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's have. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Let's go to Dave in Rochester. Hello, David. Hey, good good afternoon. Barbara McQuaid failed to answer the, the, the question, I believe, as to why uh, the primary reason why Hunter Biden would not testify behind closed door. Quite simple. I mean, always we go back four months ago, the big bombshell 
Devin Archer mm-hmm. was going to say all these things. And guess what? They came out of that meeting, went on Fox News, every one of them, mm-hmm. and, and basically just lied and made up stuff about what Devin Archer said. He corrected it. The, the, the transcript was put out later mm-hmm. by the Democrats. So you, you put a lie out there. That's why he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to go behind closed door. Let the public see it. Okay. What 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 did they say as far as Devin Archer? Devin Archer. Well, they were trying to peddle the Biden business. No, the the Biden business. There was no financial interest from Joe Biden. He testified directly to that fact. Same with the high, the firing of Victor Shokin. Hey, he said he was unaware of any financial gain from Joe Biden. Is what Devin Archer said. Well, he was close enough to know that. In fact, he let me quote you a statement, okay? He said Hunter Biden wanted to give the impression he could bend Joe Biden's will, but in private conversation, he said he couldn't. Mm-hmm. That was a direct thing from the testimony. Okay, well, then which one is it? I mean, is, is Devin Archer? He is told De- gave Wait, hold on, the hold impression. On. It's really simple. He okay. gave the impression to the people he's getting money from that he had Joe Biden's. Uh, influence or or had his power but in private he said he couldn't do anything about and dave there are 20 there are 20 instances in which joe biden is alleged to have involvement in these discussions whether it's having dinner with somebody whether it's having coffee with somebody or whether it's just being on speakerphone now my question is now hold hold on dave my question is, isn't that worth being investigated? It's six years it's been investigated. How many times ago go through the Victor Six Shoken years? Wait, wait, no, it's not, it has not been again, six years. It, it has not been six years. It's the Republicans just got control of the House in, in the midterms. No, the Bill Barr was investigating him long before the 2020 election. Okay? Okay, that... Uh, uh, David Weiss was appointed in 2018. Shortly thereafter, he's the one who took the the Hunter Biden investigation. Okay, what four and a half years, five years? He okay, became okay, a special but, prosecutor. He was assigned special prosecutor just recently. So, Dave, let me ask you this: then. Would would you would you have counseled Hunter Biden to go testify today? I would have counseled him to do precisely what he did. And yes, he trust me, he damaged the Republicans. And helped himself. Mm. I, I well, look, I, I we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. I don't think he, I don't think he damaged the Republicans at all. In fact, I think he threw the Republicans a bone because those Republicans that are in those those Biden districts that that Joe Biden won in twenty twenty, those Republicans that are in those seats now have kind of carte blanche to go ahead and vote for this impeachment inquiry. To say to to go back to their constituents and Dave, I appreciate the call, but they can go back hey, to their they they can go back to their constituents and say, look, Hunter Biden chose not to go testify. Hunter Biden chose to go down this route of potentially it being held in contempt of Congress, and now the White House isn't involved, isn't giving us the information we need to investigate. So we have hey, to listen, probe. Hey, one last thing, Chris. Yeah, he could have as. as Barbara McQuay told you, he, you know what he could have readily did? Just go behind closed doors and answer each and every question. I have Fifth Amendment right. Dave, why would I think that would change if he was in public? I don't think it would change. I think this was a, I think this was a political stunt 
that backfired. That's what I think. Because if this were in public, if this were a public hearing, I'm pretty sure I would bet dollars to donuts that the exact same answers would be given in public. Uh, I, I, I invoke my Fifth Amendment right. He, he would have the public hearing it, not make BS from the, the, the Republicans. Maybe like, not. Like Devin Archer. Maybe I mean, not. Go to the Devin Archer testimony. I know, Dave. I get it. But my point is I, I bet you those, those, those responses would be exactly the same. Dave, I appreciate it. I got to run. More coming to Max on JR Afternoon. Well, it's, I don't think, up for debate. I, the Ren Sand along the river is just the crown jewel in this city. It's beautiful. But like almost every industry, almost every company, through the pandemic, they needed to call an audible, and they did. And they sent many workers home to work from home. They didn't come in. And as we get further and further from those days, GM and many companies are reimagining how they are continuing to allow workers to do their work. Well, GM came out a couple of weeks ago and said, we're going to get more people back into this building more often. Bringing it up to three days a week. In the meantime, though, that crown jewel at any given time can be pretty barren. And what is GM looking to do with that property? How are they looking to kind of rewind all of this lost time through the pandemic and all of the maybe where they've fallen behind. How do they reverse that? How do they turn it around? Chad Live and Good uh, with the Detroit News joins us. Chad's good to have you. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, you really wrote a great piece about the Rensen and what potentially GM could do with that property. What are you hearing? Well, there's been talk for years about do you convert some of these towers uh, that were built for a corporate uh, monolithic headquarters for Ford Motor Company in the mid-70s, could you convert them to residential? Uh, obviously, the, the middle tower, the main tower, uh, the largest one, the, the Marriott building, is already a 1,300-room uh, hotel. Uh, but then you have the uh, towers 100, 200, 300, and 400, plus the little smaller ones, 500 and 600, that were built uh, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, that uh, all total, there's at least 3 million square feet of office space there. Um, and from what data is available, it, it, the vacancy in the Rensen is at least double uh, what the rest of downtown is. Mm. Um, uh, whereas most office space is 20% vacant. Uh, mo- uh, some of the biggest uh, Rensen uh, towers are, are 40% or more. Um, that's what that's what's basically advertised to the um, uh, to the real estate brokers. Um, but General Motors itself, pre-pandemic, had 4,000 employees assigned to the Rensen. They were supposed to be their employees and contractors every day. Um, officially, right now, uh, GM says there's a, a little over 1,300. Um, that's a 67% decrease since the pandemic, and and so that it doesn't look like it's going to change because. The state of Michigan kind of quietly amended its tax credit agreement with General Motors in January 2020, and this was very fortuitous for for General Motors. They they dropped a requirement that that dated back to the Engler administration that required a, a minimum level of number of employees to be working at the Rensen to be essentially be uh, working in Detroit, paying city of Detroit taxes. And and so that went away in January of 2020. 
And then they sent everybody home in mid-March of 2020, two months later, and they have largely not come back. Now, General Motors says they're going to be bringing people back uh, three days a week, mandatory, starting January 8th. Um, but it won't be the same number of people that were there before. It will not be the full 4,000. So there is a is this still very underutilized uh, building, even with the existing all the other tenants that have left the Deloitte's and uh, Dykema, um, and 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 uh, not Dykema, but Deloitte has left, and 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 Blue Cross is not using uh, as much space as it used to as well, uh, and so the, the 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 complex is vastly underused, underutilized, and there's going to be more new office space coming on board here pretty soon with the with Dan Gilbert building that new skyscraper at the Hudson site. Yep. It's going to have uh, 400,000 square feet of office space, plus uh, the Illiches and Stephen Ross in their District Detroit plan are planning to build out some new office buildings in those parking lots along Woodward right in front of uh, Comerica Park. Um, and and so there's going to be new, more attractive, right on Woodward, center of gravity uh, office space that's not in an isolated um, labyrinth of, of uh of concrete, steel, and glass on the riverfront. So, is it a cost? Is it is it a location? What, what makes it such a challenging location to get people and bodies inside? Well, anybody who's ever gone there knows it's it's not exactly the easiest place to navigate. Although Mark Wallace, the uh, the CEO of the Riverfront Conservancy, whose whose office is in the Rensen, says likes to say that after uh, the first week of working at the Rensen is confusing, and the second week it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but um, yeah, it, it, there's that yeah, anyway, and and then there's also the challenge of can you uh, successfully essentially move the the uh, the bathrooms uh, in 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 the commercial or the office space uh, arrangement of those of those uh, buildings? Can you move uh, all the plumbing essentially uh, into more of a format that fits a home, fits a condo um, format rather than the the format where um, all the all the utilities are in the middle of the cylinder tower, and everything else is is open so that it's it's, it's open for the view. So That's we, the way that could they we, constructed could, that. Could we potentially see housing there? That, I mean, that is potential, but again, it's a matter of can can all those things work right, mm. and then who's going to have the money to do that? And sure. that's what I'm kind of raising the question. Doesn't seem like General Motors is is the one that's going to do this because I mean, this is a company that is in the midst of a massive uh, transformation, trying mm-hmm. to move all, all of its vehicles to all electric by 2035. It is a monumental undertaking. They're having, they're facing setbacks right now in, in autonomous vehicle development. Their autonomous vehicle project in California is essentially on hold. I mean, there's there's a whole lot going on with this company. And, and so it doesn't seem like uh, playing real estate redeveloper uh, is, is what uh, uh, General Motors is gonna wanna be focused on. So it could potentially be a, a, a litany of issues, which is making it difficult for GM to to fill this space. Um, and and if everybody will be back, won't be back, we'll, we'll see. But uh, obviously, there's a ton of space there that's being underutilized. And I'm 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 curious to see that if as we get into the new year, if there will be other developers that step up and potentially uh, throw their hat into the ring to see if they can do something with it. That's what we'll be watching for, because otherwise you're going to have a, 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 an office complex that's going to continue to decline, not have as many people to uh, to pay the bills and reinvest the money with, and and then you'll it could it could it could turn into a situation like we've seen with other 
uh, underutilized office complexes. I, I, in my piece today, I, I, I noted Kmart, uh, that, yeah. that, uh, uh, that headquarters on, uh, on Big Beaver and Troy that, that sent bank essentially since 2006, uh, after Kmart, uh, bought Sears and, and had hightailed to Chicago. Yeah. Well, and- it's curious when you consider the, the type of need for, for space, office space, workspace in Detroit, uh, that, uh, the Brenson just isn't in the mix. Uh, Chad Livengood, thanks as always. Appreciate your time. Got to take a break. More coming up next on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. Three o'clock hour. Good to have you. Still a lot to do tonight. I, I know many of you. At this time of year, I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start moving more. We'll talk about it coming up, but there is a way for you to build a plan and, and really stick to it. But we'll do that coming up at 318. Uh, in the meantime, fireworks all over D.C. today. Hunter Biden got to the Capitol Hill this morning ahead of, ahead of his closed-door testimony with lawmakers. But instead of actually going in, he chose not to comply with his subpoena and be deposed by the House Oversight Committee and instead stood outside and gave some pre-prepared marks. Uh, He maintained that his father, Joe Biden, the president, was not financially involved in his business dealings. That's a new phrase that we've not heard from the Bidens. And he also said there's no evidence because it didn't happen. Uh, Otherwise, there's no there there. Hunter Biden did offer, though, to testify publicly in front of the committee, which I found to be pretty interesting. Uh, In his prepared statement, Biden blasted MAGA Republicans who have, quote, invaded his privacy, attacked his family, and ridiculed my struggle with addiction, close quote. Uh, They belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass my father, who has devoted his entire life to public service. For six years, I have been the target of unrelenting Trump attack team. Where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I'm here. Except he wasn't where he needed to be. Sure, Hunter, you're here. You're here wherever you are. It sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. But (laughs) you weren't where you were supposed to be. You weren't where you were supposed to be to answer questions from lawmakers. So I, I thought it was a little, I just thought it was PR. I thought it was a PR stunt gone horribly wrong. And to say that people are, are, gravitating towards the fact that he has a drug addiction or is in recovery, all those things. I don't, none of that matters to me. I don't care. But when you're not paying your taxes and you're instead electing to use that money on things that you shouldn't, like illegal drugs, like illegal substances, like prostitutes, well, then it's a different story. I don't think anybody's invading your privacy. I think you were silly enough to leave your laptop somewhere. And it became public. I, I don't buy what Hunter Biden is selling. Also, lawmakers in the House are debating a resolution to bring an impeachment inquiry to the floor for a vote today. Expected in about two and a half hours, two hours and 15 minutes or so. House Speaker Mike Johnson said he expects the impeachment inquiry vote will pass. But he wouldn't say if every member of the Republican caucus would vote in favor of it. Um, There are Republicans 
in very sensitive districts, districts that Joe Biden won in 2020. That would make it difficult, I think, in some cases, not all cases, but some cases to justify a vote in favor of an impeachment inquiry. But I think that when you consider that this isn't going to impeachment, this isn't this isn't that move. It is a way to continue to fact find. It is a continue to uh, to investigate whether it leads nowhere or not. I, I'd like to see where this goes. I think there's enough there for me to feel concerned that something could be going on or who knew what or who's lying. I think that could be incredibly important as we get to the 2024 presidential election. Um, in the meantime, House Oversight Chair James Comer and Jim Jordan, the chair of the, the Judiciary Committee, issued a joint statement saying they will start contempt proceedings against Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden today defied lawful subpoenas, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. So that could potentially cause some issues for Hunter Biden. Um, The statement went on to say there is a process you have to follow. You have to file a report. So we will begin to look at that. When it comes to uh, the avenues that Hunter Biden had for potentially getting out of the testimony today. But instead, he didn't. He showed up. And from a 5,000-foot view, we were all expecting that he was going to testify. But he didn't. So now these lawmakers are going to investigate whether a contempt of Congress uh, proceeding is appropriate. And then they'll turn that over to the DOJ who has discretion to to either prosecute or not. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Thankfully, I'm not there yet. But if you've got a teenager in the house, uh, this will probably not come as a shock to you. A new survey finds teenagers are spending a lot of time on social media. And that leaves parents and educators asking a very simple question. How much is too much. WJR senior news analyst Marie Osborne takes a look at the study's findings. Hi, Marie. And like I said, Chris, this is really not surprising if you've got teens anywhere in your life. So how much are teens attached to the socials? When they ask teens between the ages of 13 and 17 to describe their use of two particular platforms, we're talking YouTube here and TikTok, they described it as almost constant. They were on those two websites or on those two platforms almost constantly. And breaking that down a bit, 71% of the teens said they visit YouTube at least every day. 16% described their usage as almost uh, constant, according to the survey. 17% say they use TikTok almost constantly. Snapchat came in at 14% and Instagram at 8%. YouTube is the big daddy of social media for teens. 93% responding that they use that service. The number was down two percentage points from 2022. Now, you might be wondering about Facebook. Only 19% of teens reported checking Facebook each day. That's a drop from 71% back in 2014. A lot of teens, though, will tell you Facebook is for the parents, not for them. So all of this attachment to social media and how the companies employ algorithms to attract and retain young users continues to be an an issue. You remember, Chris, in October, 
33 states, including New York, California, sued Meta Platforms for contributing to the youth mental health crisis. And by the way, the the study was done by the Pew Research uh, Institute. All right. So here's what I would say. Um, I think if you give any any teenager from any period this type of access, Mm. they're going to take it. 100 percent. In any period of life, of our existence, we would we would be taking advantage of it. Now, there's good and bad, right? There's good because you become there's you're able to operate in a different way that not many other people are. There are other avenues open for you, right? You you can you might be doing a job that doesn't even exist yet because of what you can the the the, the savviness to it. Then, as you mentioned, the the negative is what it, what is it in these algorithms that are feeding these kids just junk food in terms of content, just the just empty calories. And that's where it, there's some trouble. But there, there is a bit of a yin and yang. And if we could find moderation, I think that would probably benefit everybody. I think teenagers in moderation just don't go together. No. But, you know, one of the upsides to all this that you were that you mentioned, I think, is that kids really know a lot more the, about their world uh, than we did. Uh, not all of it is good, but they do know true. a lot more about <laughs> the world than we did. Yeah. No, it, it, it opens up. It opens everything up to you. It's interesting because there. I mean, I suppose like anything, pizza's really good, right? Yeah. There's a downside. There sure is. So, I guess you take it for what it's worth. Bree Osborne, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we got to take a break. Coming up next, uh, as we head towards the new year, and I don't want to leap leap over the holidays here, but as we get to the new year, everybody generally says the same thing: "I'm going to work out. I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to eat better." Well, there's ways to plan for that. We'll talk about it next on JR Afternoon. You know, one of the one of the the difficulties in creating these New Year's resolutions, right, is that you gotta stick to them. Now you can go out and 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 talk a big game, but you, you really need to you really need to stick to it. But there are ways to do it. There are ways to build better habits. An interesting story in the Washington Post. Seven tips to build an exercise habit. And what's interesting about this article is all of those benchmarks that you hear, especially if you're somebody who is busy, that doesn't always have the time to to dedicate towards working out or going to the gym. There are ways to to work around those benchmarks that have been set. Right. Everybody says you got to get 10,000 steps in every day. Well, that's a great goal. It's a great goal. But a study of more than 47,000 people found that if you were to walk 6,000 steps a day, 8,000 steps a day, it, it is really just as beneficial. There was very, the, the, the threshold of difference was so minimal. And again, not that you don't want to get those extra 2,000 steps in, 4,000 steps in a day. But in terms of results, in terms of overall health, pretty good. Um, 11 minutes of brisk walking. And look, these are simple. These are simple tasks that you can do. 
And look, there are other changes that need to be made, too. I mean, your diet needs to change. Your, the mentality needs to change. And that's where it gets difficult for a lot of people. But even just these quick spurts, important. Working out in the morning as opposed to at night or at lunch, beneficial. Um, how about this one, right? This is pretty simple. Walking four days a week increases brain health, increases how your brain operates. Pretty good. So it's interesting because a lot of this just seems to be over almost all those numbers that you see, all the the thresholds that you feel like you need to get to. It's not even that. It's anything that you can do uh, to improve it is is going to be important, which is interesting. It's a very interesting look at the importance of just doing something and then changing the diets and the mentality and all those things. And Pretty making cool. it a habit. Oh, making it a habit, sure. You got to do it. it you, 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 you have to do it. You know what I wonder? I always wondered, would it be easier if you lived in a place like, like South Carolina or North Carolina where you don't necessarily get a ton of snow yeah. Like your your winter time might be more of like a fall because I think for a lot of people, it's like you, you get through the holidays, you're exhausted, right? You're running around, you're buying everybody things, you're returning stuff that you didn't want people bought you anyway. Right. <laughs> and then you get to the new year and then it's that thing. And then it's just like, okay, now I got to start this, this thing that's very difficult and I have to do, I have to be very disciplined. And it's and it's and then you add in, well, it's gray, it's cold, it's snowing. I don't want to do any of it. Like, I just wonder if it's almost a geographical hurdle too, a mental hurdle that you have to get over. Absolutely. When it's gray, it's harder to do anything. To me, when it's gray and rainy. It gets dark early. Yeah, it's dark early. I There are days here that I come in early and it's dark when I come in and I get home and it's dark 10 minutes you after I You haven't seen a ray home. of sunshine. Yeah, and it's, but I, and it's easier to me if I'm outside. If I'm I like I love to take a walk and I haven't been able to do it because my work life balance is sure. so out of whack right now. But walking, yeah, it clears your head. I I I, I feel like I think better after I walk. It's sure. just, but you can't you can't do it in January. You know, you'd have no, you have to bundle no, up. Yeah. It's so it's hard to do in January. I guess you can do it. I got to tell you, it's amazing when you consider the impact of the mental on your on your workouts. When you do a good workout or when you're when you're constant with your workout or consistent, yeah. when you're disciplined enough, the, the way your brain changes, the way you think, the clear, the, the clarity that, that's provided. And then once that clarity comes, you become more you be you just inherently become more accustomed to then being healthy. And then you start noticing, well, the 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 fuel that you're putting in your body right. is so different from what you were doing. I mean, it. it the 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 all encompassing part of being healthy is is very important, and you start to see all that. Yeah, and that's it's, pretty cool. It's not hard. I mean, when I started, my doctor and clearly I've fallen off the wagon. My doctor made it clear. She goes, "It's it's eighty percent diet and twenty percent exercise. So yeah. what you put in you is yeah. more important than the exercise. The exercise is important, but you know." And you know what I hate about that too, and, and I want to get to this other story too because it's funny. Um. Uh. It's difficult because food today is different than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Right? Like an apple 
can come all the way across the country and then sit in the grocery store for two weeks or a week, and it's fine. Like, that's not how it's supposed to be. (laughs) It's supposed to fall or get picked from the tree, and you have, you know, a day to eat it. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much, even in all the good stuff, there's so much crap and chemicals, and it makes all of it a little harder, you know. But anyway, um, are you aware of Whamageddon? I am. I was having to explain this to my wife this morning. Really? Oh, yeah. Whamageddon. Danielle, are you aware of Whamageddon? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Do you know who Wham is? Yeah. Okay, the band. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a Christmas song, Last Christmas. Oh, yeah. Are you aware of Last Christmas? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know if that sounds anything like it. (laughs) (laughs) It does. (laughs) But there is a new viral trend. It's called Whamageddon. And the trend is to avoid last Christmas. Uh, it it has become a holiday staple. I love it. I don't know why this is a thing. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Is it really? Is I it, love that song. It's the one, I'll give it to someone. Yep. Yeah. Special. Yep, that's it. So the game was started in Denmark. Uh, and it kicked off December 1st. All you have to do is avoid hearing last Christmas. It's hashtag Whamageddon, has more than 12 million users on TikTok, and people sharing videos when they quote-unquote die, when they hear the song, they're sent to Whamhalla. Oh, like Valhalla? Correct. Oh, cool. Um, The creators are a group of friends in Denmark. They created an official website, uh, whamageddon.com. Uh, with all the official rules of Whamageddon. Um, and they say they realized that the song was being played constantly over and over in heavy rotation. And they said, instead of getting annoyed with it, we decided to make a game out of it. Started back in 2016. They did it like oh, wow. uh, amongst themselves. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Only the original version applies. Yes. So I didn't screw anyone over by singing yes. that little bit. Well, I, you didn't send anybody to Whamhalla. Yeah. Yeah, we saw um, a news story about it this morning where they explained it and then immediately played the song. Oh. And I went, well, everybody's out oh, now. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. I was like, what are you doing? Oh, they just cheated. <laughs> that's terrible. You know, I want to do, we'll, we'll do a bit on Christmas songs. Uh, in the next couple of days, sure. uh, maybe next week. But um, I don't have, like, an aversion to any Christmas songs, really. I don't know why this Why is this song the one? I, yeah, mean, I don't know. It, Mariah Carey's song is played more than Wham. Yeah, Wham's. And that song, I, I'm over that song. I mean, song. it's fine. It's it, fine. It's, a Christmas it's like song, every other yes. Christmas song. It, exactly. So I don't know why Wham is singled out. And I haven't even heard the Wham song this year. I've heard, and I'm not looking for Christmas music. I'm just walking in stores, and I've heard Mariah Carey like six times. True. In no, the Fisher Building no lobby last yes. weekend, I heard, I heard it here too. Carey. Yes, like, I heard it here too. Like, I can't escape this woman. Well, I mean, look, there, there's lots of good Christmas music. I, it's, it's, it's all fine. I don't know why Wham is singled out, but I love it. I, I actually don't know that I heard it this year. So maybe I should participate in Whamageddon. There you go. I mean, then Danielle can send you to Whamhalla. I'm still in. I haven't heard it either. You haven't heard it either? Heck no. I heard okay. it on TV this morning when they were telling me the so you're out. thing. Get out of like, here. Oh, man. Yeah. We don't want your stink here. <laughs> All right. We got to take a break. 
More coming up next on JR Afternoon. We're talking skiing here on WJR. All right, welcome back. Uh, you know, the, the benefit of living in Michigan is, I mean, look, the four seasons and all of that. It's great. I mean, it, it, it's, it what, it's what makes Michigan different from other states. But once you get into this time of year, you know, there, there's almost this thought, well, uh, it's winter. There's not a lot to do. It's the exact opposite. I mean, there is, there is so much to do across the entire state, um, whether it's uh, sledding, skiing, snowboarding, uh, cross-country skiing, uh, fat tire, uh, uh, bike riding. I mean, it's, it, it's almost endless. And wherever you're at in the state, chances are you're going to run into something that you can do. I'm joined by uh, Mariah and George Fry of Cross Country Ski Headquarters. Hello. Hello. It's nice to see you both. Nice to, nice to too, be Chris. here. Now, I just, you know, we love our view. There just this isn't a lot of snow yet. But the good news is, is you guys have that covered, even though that there hasn't been a ton of snowfall. Um, there, there is There are ways to to make the white stuff. Oh, isn't yes. Isn't that true? It's true. Absolutely. Yeah, so Cross Country Ski Headquarters, which is where we're based, we do have snowmaking. Okay. We've been able to make a field full of snow. We've been able to groom that snow. We've been able to have ski lessons, and people can demo equipment from our ski shop. Mm-hmm. So we'll be having a free ski lesson this Saturday at 1030, even though you'll drive up north and you won't see any snow on the ground. So don't worry. So don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So when do you start uh, ski lessons? As soon as we have snow, it's just snow permitting. Once we have that field covered, that's all we need for for ski lessons. And then there's a place about 20 miles north of us in Higgins Lake uh, called Forbush Corner. Mm -hmm. And they have a really state-of-the-art snowmaking system where they will be making about two kilometers, so a little over a mile track of groomed cross-country ski trails that will hopefully be open this weekend. And to get trail conditions, you can go to mywintertrails.com, which has all kinds of member properties. There are different links to their snow conditions. So it's kind of a one-stop shop to figure out who has snow. I mean, you've got events all the way up to the end of March. We try to make winter fun. It's, you know, we like to say it's winter's the coolest season because Mm -hmm. there's just so much to do. There's so many ways to recreate outside and even if there's low snow, you can throw on a pair of snowshoes or even some of those crampons mm-hmm. and go hiking. I mean, today you can't ski, but it's a beautiful sunny day. There's no reason not to be outside today, getting fresh air, getting exercise. And it's still super beautiful. Well, and it's a nice way to disconnect. And we were kind of talking about that. And, you know, uh, George, I, you brought some skis in. Are those cross-country skis? They sure are. All right. So you brought some cross-country skis in. Um, but if you're not into cross country skiing, what what else is there for people to take advantage of? Well, I mean, in terms of just enjoying winter, uh, if you're not into cross country skiing, you should at least try it. Even if you've okay. tried it once, you should try it again because there's, there's a lot of different ways to enjoy it. Um, but fat tire biking is another great one. Uh, there's, there's a lot, there's a huge trail network, um, in Northern Michigan and all throughout Michigan mm-hmm. that, that you can fat tire bike on. Um, and even just ski walking which is just basically going for a hike in the woods in the winter with walking poles, you know, in case you encounter a little bit of ice or something like yeah. that. But it's a way to get outside and enjoy the beauty of nature. And there, there's there's a lot of places in northern Michigan to do that. But cross-country skiing is kind of a staple of ours, too. I mean, it, it is absolutely huge here. Where, where I mean, 
in terms of our trails, how do we rank rank stack up compared to some other states? Some oh, well, states? we are so lucky in Michigan to have rolling terrain rather than mountainous terrain. Mm-hmm. Our downhill ski partners would disagree that we're lucky for that. But we <laughs> we are f- very lucky for that for cross-country skiing because it's very hospitable for cross-country ski terrain. That's mm-hmm. why you we have so many amazing groomed trail networks. We're the only state that has an organized recreational cross-country ski racing association called the Michigan Cup. It's a, it's a really prolific sport because the weather and the terrain really um are hospitable to the sport as opposed to the more mountainous states to the east or west so how how would you tell people if they want to kind of dip their toes into some winter activities where do you start what's the best event to kind of get involved yeah. with first so so glad you asked we have our flagship event on january 6th it's called winter trails day and you can go to any of our 15 member properties, including Crystal Mountain, Boyne Mountain, Boyne Highlands, Hanson Hills, Forbush Corners, Cross Country Ski Headquarters, and various others in northern Michigan, including Huron, Clinton, Huron Meadows Metro Parks mm-hmm. right over there in Brighton. Yeah. January 6th is Winter Trails Day where for free you can show up. You can have a free ski or snowshoe lesson, a free full day facilities or trails pass, and either free rentals or discounted rentals. So that is geared towards beginners. It's geared towards people who want to be outside in the wintertime doing something healthy but don't really know where to start. These properties are designed to embrace you into winter and get start with your best foot forward. I guarantee you're going to have fun there. You're going to find something. For sure. Yes. You'll find you'll find at minimum, even if there's not a ton of snow, which by January 6th, we it should be rolling it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But aside from that, we've got at Cross Country Ski Headquarters, a full cafe kitchen um, with a bar and live music. We've got um, a full suite ski shop, as do many of these other properties. It's really geared towards fun, outside, authentic experiences. Well, and it's it's the whole experience. It's the it's, whole it's, experience. It's cross country skiing. It's snowshoeing. It's it's biking. Whatever it is, but George, it's also having the hot chocolate or the coffee outside oh. by the fire pits. It's talking. You know, had bringing friends up with their kids. Whatever it is, it's 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 an all encompassing thing. Yeah, in a lot of ways, that's that's more than half the fun. Yeah. Um. You know, you come up. What, what an, an ideal Saturday is sort of coming up, taking the free ski lesson, and sort of learning how to ski dipping your toe in a little bit, uh, and then going out for a tiny little ski by yourself to see Mm -hmm. if you can do it. You come back, have a really tasty lunch, go back out and ski out to the little cabin in the woods and have a hot chocolate and sit by the fire in the middle of the snowy woods, ski back, grab a drink, listen to some live music, and you can be home, you know, just after dinner if if you're going back home. All right. uh, Can I give you one of my ski stories? Please. So I just started skiing. I was probably, I mean, I was in high school. Um, I had maybe been a handful of times, maybe three, four times. And I said, um, all right, I'm going to try the moguls now. Mm. And so got up to the top of the hill, started going down. As soon as I hit the first mogul, the first one, I folded up like a lawn chair (laughs) and then hit everyone on the way down. I was like, well, that was just a terrible idea. Just and all my friends are like, yeah, you should totally do that. No, false. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to do, if you want to get to that point, 
if you want to explore what you can do uh, over the course of the winter, mywintertrails.com, best place to start? Absolutely. Yep. Find the property you want to go to, find an event that draws you in, and make it a trip. Make it a weekend. You will be hooked on outdoor recreation in the wintertime. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing that makes winter fly by like having an outdoor winter hobby that you love. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Mariah, George Fry, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Good to see you both. Thank Thank you you so much. All right, we'll take a break. More coming up next on JR Afternoon. Thank you for not playing Wham. Appreciate that. I continue to live another day. Steve Courtney, what's up? What's going on there, Chris? How we doing? KB, nice to see you. Everything well, lads? can't find a microphone. Yeah, everything's good. Well, he looks for a microphone. Let me just say this. Uh, our chat brought to you by the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. Performance Remodeling, a proud partner of the Inside Outside Guys show, uh, would like to wish Metro Detroit a very Merry Christmas this holiday season. As the new year approaches, log into windowsroofingsiding.com to enter Performance Remodeling's $100,000 window of opportunity sweepstakes. Okay, what what is this nonsense about the NFL potentially playing a game in Brazil? Not potentially, my friend. The NFL Who cares? The NFL today, as a matter of fact, oh. awarded a 2024 regular season game to Brazil. Awarded them like they're the Olympic Committee. And then they voted to expand the slate of international games from four up to eight games beginning in 2025. I don't understand what's happening. Here. I'm good. Um, Maybe I can pick up a kidney while we're down there. <laughs> or get one taken away. <laughs> right, get one exchange. You know, we've been to Mexico, London, Germany this year, and now Brazil starting next year. And I think from a player's perspective, it's a lot. I don't know if there's too many NFL franchises that have been to, in particular, London and later Deutschland. Well, there we go again, speaking German. Um, <laughs> that truly enjoy. Yeah. The experience, because it's a lot. Well, next time you talk with Alex Anzalone, you, you ask him what he thinks about this. Where do you think the first non-USA franchise is going to be? London. London. You think it's going to be London? They yeah. are hell-bent on putting a permanent franchise in London. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to toss you guys now. I say Mexico City. Because they played a lot of games in Mexico City over the years, too. I yeah, think but it's, it's be been Mexico a long City. time. It's closer. They can feasibly say they could do it and have travel, and it it could work. What's a flight to London right six now? Six hours. That's just a lot. I mean, it's a That's lot. That's six hours from here. Correct. So from California, yeah, we're right. talking. Yeah, 11. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I think an NFL player, they probably kind of enjoy playing across the big pond because the, the trash talk, I would imagine, from your basic London fan is a little bit more tame than it is over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blimey, that was horrible. <laughs> I will tell you, though, like, if you watch European soccer, like, their chance. Oh, it's unreal. Like, it, it is so organized. That's their game, though. But but that, if you were to be able to incorporate that in into American football, I think that would be pretty cool. So that, there's something we can learn, but no, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like what it does to, right? If my team is in contention, if my team is good. And you throw a wrench into their schedule like that, I hate it. I hate it. I hate everything about and it. And so does the team involved. Yeah. Believe me. Yeah. So anyway. Um, we didn't get into this yesterday. We we, we ran out of time. Um, what is your concern level with the Detroit Lions? Because I have been pleading with my audience to get on this bandwagon. Go on the ride. 
be willing to be hurt again. Yes. Because if you miss it, then you miss it. You miss out on all the fun. And unfortunately, things have taken a little bit of a rough turn the last couple of weeks. Well, let me put some raw numbers behind that, sir, if I may. Uh, Coming up Saturday night, beautiful Ford Field, prime time, your Lions playing host to the Denver Broncos. And the honest to goodness truth, folks, these are two teams going in the complete opposite directions. Lions began the year five and one. They are four and three over their last seven. What have the Broncos been up to? Sean Payton is hired. They're expecting big things. Uh, Remember, uh, the Broncos lost to the Dolphins in week three, 70 to 20. (laughs) 70 to 20. Uh, they were 0 and 3 at that time. By week six, they were 1 and 5. They are 6 and 1 now since week seven. I forgot that was this year. It feels Dude, like forever ago. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, everybody's looking at this Sean Payton like, yeah, should have stayed at Fox, man. Yeah. Because this just ain't happening. Uh, meanwhile, despite giving up the third most yardage in the NFL with 377.4 yards per game, the Broncos defense, how about this, leads the NFL in takeaways. 24 of them. And they're coming across a Lions team that, as we well know, has absolutely no problem giving the ball away. Giving it away nine times, I think, over the last four games. It's not great. It, 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 this is not a great time for a matchup. But... All right, stop the panic. Did you see who the Dolphins lost to Monday night? Yes, Tennessee. It's the NFL. It happens. They lost to Chicago. No, no, look. I, I understand. There's no panic. But to get depanced in Chicago is... They is, did not get depanced. Two, three well, plays cost that game. Okay. It was 13 to 10. The offsides and the touchdown and then the fumble at golf. That was the ball game. They, they were winning the game at halftime. Let's okay. not, they weren't depanced. All right, but Kenny, here's Let's the say, thing. I'm just saying, they weren't depanced. Let's get that out. They lost a game to a good Chicago team. If you look at the way Chicago's played over the last four weeks. That was a good team. I love when home. Kenny yells. I know, he's, I know he's passionate. He's getting all wound up. Watch Everybody's this. panicking out there. Watch Just this. Enjoy the ride. All right, now you're a team that is desperately in search of your first division title in 30 years. Um, your uh, penalty situation, uh, pre-snap, horrible. If you want to get to where you want to be, you can't play like they've been playing, Kenny. I'm not arguing that, but they're, they're the third youngest team in the league. Yeah, They're playing young at times, and they have up and downs in the season. Two-game lead with four games left. Uh, Calm Three-game lead, well, thanks to Tommy Cutlets. Now. Okay, but all of a sudden, this Denver, all of a sudden, this Denver game isn't going to be quite the cakewalk everybody thought it would be three weeks ago. You shouldn't expect any game to be a You've cakewalk. Any, any NFL team can come in and win. They're, they're playing a good team this week. At home, at national TV. Then you take care of business, big. right, and play right. complimentary football and get back to who you are, as Dan Campbell says. That's what I'm saying. Well, because I think right we cleared all terrible. that up. But, you know, wearing diapers <laughs> in your car now and going to places. What are, who's wearing diapers in their car? <laughs> and people in this town so excited they wear it. What do we got coming up today? Diapers. Good God. Man, come on. Yeah, that's, I was coming to be peaceful today. Yeah, right. I was coming in peace. He came this in with flamethrowers. I, I coming in peace. You got to be fired up. All right. Uh, Brian Kilme will be on with us. He's got to oh, work out. And uh, we're going to talk about, of course, Hunter Biden. We have to talk about Hunter Biden. Well, yeah. Yes. What is he doing? Did he screw up today? No. I thought he had a good presentation. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for what he is. Come on, man. I think uh, <laughs> Vince Coming up next. <laughs>